Yeah, she's she's wearing she she's wearing approximately eighteen necklaces. <laughs> she has a, a costume jewelry to clothing ratio of fifty fifty, and that's 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 admirable. She's like a beige Mister T. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Christmas time is here. That's right. We're talking about Amityville Christmas on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations in here. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from my bi-coastal Amityville locations. This is the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. I'm going to unpack all the goriest of details of Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, in the hopes that a family's untimely, or a plumber's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes we might make at their expense. I don't think anyone in the family dies. Uh, but of course, there's only one person I trust to make sure if I cut myself on a crazy-looking lamp at a yard sale, I'll listen to her when she says, get a fucking tetanus shot, the one, the only Gina Radcliffe, how are you doing today, Gina? God damn it, you stole my joke. <laughs> we can take it again and I can come up with something different. I didn't have that written down. I was going to say that 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 I, I have my big, weird, creepy sausage finger <laughs> waiting, waiting to, to, to be wait, waiting to begin. See, now you've stolen my joke because I'd written down that her finger starts to look like a Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage. So... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is the problem with our weird mind meld, where we do not consult one another before we talk about the movie. We end up saying the same things in our notes. <laughs> so uh, this was my first time watching Amityville, The Evil Escapes, but it doesn't it didn't sound like it was your first time. No, it was my third time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you don't have i don't feel like you have a ton of spare time no it's wild to me that this is something you've gone back to multiple times this is not even the first time i've done a podcast about it oh jesus christ are you serious i i was have been on our our, i have been on our friend uh uh um Brian Skinner and Josh Hollis's podcast talking mm. about it uh, a couple a couple years ago. Okay, yeah. So this was all new. I, I had no idea what to expect. I knew it was about a lamp, and I also knew that the lamp one and the clock one are ones that people are like, it's actually like a decent movie. What I didn't know about it that it was a TV movie that they just added a bunch of blood to to make it an R rated release on home video. Yeah, uh, I actually don't. I don't know that I. There, the, I think both versions are on YouTube. I don't know if I've actually seen the full gory version, but it is interesting to note that there is a much higher body count in in this one than there is in the first one, which is I mean, which is not hard because the body count in the first one, unless you're counting the 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 flashback sequence, is zero. There's nobody nobody dies in in, yeah. in the in the in the first movie and yet a lot of people die in this one 
Right. I mean, there's a there's an actual body count. I'm real. I mean, obviously, the second one is about the the seventy four murders, so that one has a definitive body count. What you don't know about that one is is going to end up being like an exorcist thing between uh, a gay couple who both happen to be priests, and they're like, "We want to go camping, but we can't. We have to exorcise this kid." Um, and then the third one, one person dies. No, no, I think no. Um, uh, no, there, no, no, there are a couple die. There are a couple deaths. There's the um, there yeah. is the 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 chubby bald guy. Um, there is there's a Candy right. Clark, and and there's a right, right. and then there's yeah. a guy who goes into the devil's jacuzzi and lets out that really funny girly scream. And then his and Tony and Tony Robbins' daughter dies. Uh, yes, yes, I, yes, yes. On a boat, just like drops dead for funzos. I don't know. No one ever explains why that happens. It's just like we went out on a boat and we came back with one of our someone was dead. Oops, sorry about that. It doesn't seem to have anything to do with the house. Um, certainly, there's no indication that the ghost inside the house knows how to drive a boat. But God damn it, Gina. A ghost knows how to drive a fucking van in this movie. He knows a how to van. The, the, a ghost, a, 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 a haunted lamp that knows how to make telephone a calls. A haunted lamp that um, when it transfers its evil power, it sucks up the evil power from the Amityville house. And then when it delivers it to the California house, uh, the little plug cord uh, balloons like when Popeye would eat spinach and it would, it would go in a round ball from his throat straight to his muscles. That's, that's how it delivers its evil package from one place. Well, to this the is next. The, this is a point in the this is a point in the Amityville series where they kind of gave up on. Well, we can't keep having this. We can't keep having people move into this house. Um, so now granted this, this, uh, this one kind of retcons the end of the third one. Cause the end of the third one, the house just literally blows the fuck up, uh, here. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some debate as to whether or not this takes place before Amityville three, because, um, not too many of the items are still left. Right. So this is like, in this one in particular, like you, there's no there's no mention of the Lutzes because by this point, like George Lutz was like, yeah, no, I will sue anybody that uses our name with anything. This is my cash in. You keep away from it. Uh, right. So there's you're you're stealing my con. Right. So it's it. just it, it was his refrain. It just says, you know, a family was here and they left all their belongings behind. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, but so at this yeah. point, because they couldn't keep rehashing you know, another, oops, another family moves into this house and weird shit happens. So now it's, it's decided, it's determined that, you know, that somehow the evil manages to project itself into individual items in the house. So you've got a lamp, you've got a clock. I think there's a dollhouse one. Uh, So it's it's sort of like, uh, the scenario I come up, I, I thought of the, the music the first time I watched this was like thinking how like you know the TV and Poltergeist had originally been in this house, or you've got like uh, uh, you know like you know what if you know what if evil goes into a can opener? How how does an evil can opener work? Uh, just you know, ev- every item has a little touch of evil to yes. it, and I think the element of real estate horrors tends to go away here because no one's getting anything for a steal 
And as a result, it's kind of like, it's just like owning a house kind of sucks because everything will be going fine. And then all of a sudden sewage is coming out of your faucet. Like that's something that can happen. Um, we did not know in this house that the the pipeline that was running water into our house, our main water pipeline from the city, uh, was made of PVC until we happened oh. to dig it up. Uh, and, oh, my God, uh, that's not legal. Uh, so that became a giant headache. Like, that's, that's shit that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the mere act of owning uh, so- a home is a nightmare in and of itself. Beyond, you know, yeah. before you get to ghosts and, and satanic jacuzzis in the basement. <laughs> and I do miss the upper echelons of what you can do with a movie. I don't know that there's any particular moment in here that had me guffaw to the level of when that swordfish attacks Robins in Amityville 3. Oh, I mean, that I, is... Without a doubt, one of the funniest oh, things well, but I've the, ever the, seen. You know, the life. chainsaw scene in this is is fantastic. Okay. The chainsaw scene in this is virtuoso. I I will agree. There's and part of the problem with that scene is that the <laughs> so the um, should we say who cares about the plot of this movie, right? Or- hey, we basically. Basically, like uh, like a, a you a woman goes to to an estate sale at the Amityville house. Yes, and and she spots this grotesque lamp. It is it truly this, ugly. It looks like it, it basically looks like this gnarled tree with with like you know, a couple of globe lights on it. it. I mean, I don't know how much she must have cost. How much it must have cost to ship this thing. Across uh, yeah. the country because it looks Far like it weighs. Far it costs to get it from the yard sale. Because it looks like it weighs about four hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she decides that she's going to send it to her sister, who I guess she hates. It's one of those like, family things where, like the the goal of gift giving is to give you the ugliest thing possible. I right, guess. like and, like my like one of like my one of my closest friends. We we do an ugly ornament exchange every year. So like right. you know, one year she's given me like a hedgehog, and you know, another year I gave her one of those like you know weird like looks like a sculpted person ornaments. You know, where you just sure. kind of pass it back and forth. And oh, I forgot to mention that there is a little bit of a prologue in which we do see a couple of priests perform an exorcism in this house. And, oh, yeah. and they know from they, midnight, they assemble, baby. They're right. in there. And they've they, got they're, water guns full of holy water. It's everything that you want. And you know, they literally they you know how they used to have the the joke about with the exorcist, get me uh, get me a young priest and an old priest. Yeah. They actually have an old priest and a young priest here. Yeah. Um <laughs> And, uh, but, but, but here, I don't think it's supposed to be like a wink at the audience. I think that this is, you know, another thing that makes this movie so, you know, I think, I honestly think it, it's endearing. It is, it's mm-hmm. endearingly crappy, uh, <laughs> because they, they, you know, they take it quite seriously. They're really trying to make something scary about, out of it. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so this younger priest definitely sees like this demonic spirit enter this lamp. He gets uh, flattened like he's in the ring with John Cena. He, right. He, he lasts all of a minute and a half in this onslaught, which it starts you see 
from the house POV, which you get like from the first movie on. But unlike that, like you can tell it's a TV budget because the flies have gotten minuscule. (laughs) What do you mean? We don't, we need fat flies. Like, and the studio guy's like, you got net money or nothing. Hang up. (laughs) So yeah, the, the sister cuts, first she cuts herself on, on this lamp, you know, then, you know, you know, that's not going to end well. Uh, does not get a tetanus shot as she definitely should. She is uh, told specifically by her sister, you need to get a tetanus shot. And she's like, it'll be fine. It kills her, everybody. <laughs> yeah, she's like, the very next scene, You next time you see her, she's all sweating and like her hands all like swollen and turning black. And then, and then the priest, and then like five minutes later, the priest's like, well, she died. <laughs> she gets she gets a lethal case of the Freddy Krueger finger. And then and that's what does her in. It's, uh, it's, um, and it's not quick. Uh, she no. lasts for weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need to go. We need to go back a little bit, though, because this yard sale has to be discussed in some amount of detail. Because you, there are there are, there's weirdness going on here. One of my favorites, and I'm going to uh, send this picture to you, and I will make sure to post it uh, when we do this episode. Um, is this is Mel Gibson? or at least his character from Lethal Weapon, has leapt out of the page, out of the silver screen, and into this yard sale in the background. Who shows up at a yard sale looking like Cobra? I don't understand this at all. <laughs> I just were paying attention to this fantastic fringe jacket on, on, on this young lady in the oh, foreground yeah. here. Yes, that is that's a that is nice yard sale. She brought that that to the yard. Yeah, that is that is 1989 nutshell, baby. They're they're uh, doing something at a Formica kitchen table, which would fetch a very nice price now. Um, But then, then everybody, we have this aunt character, and I I just want I'm going to send you this as reference. Because strap in, Gina. This is Helen. She's the only white person who has emulated kids' haircut from Kid and Play. I've, <laughs> I've never seen a white person do this. Helen is like if a Chico's was given the gift of life. Yeah, she's she's wearing she she's wearing approximately eighteen necklaces. <laughs> she was she has a, a costume jewelry to clothing ratio of 50-50. And that's 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 admirable. She's like a beige Mr. T. <laughs> She's dressed like Conan the Barbarian retired and is now performing sound baths for divorced women in Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, I was going to say like this does not this outfit does not scream upstate New York to me. This doesn't scream Long Island. This is this is this is definitely a, a southwestern Luke. <laughs> yes. And it is an L E-W-K, Luke. Um, now, Helen buys what I'm calling Lampy because I'd never, I thought that'll be my stand-in for this funny name I give this lamp. And I never did. It's not funny. <laughs> this lamp is humorless in many respects. But Lampy is meant to be this f- fake funny gift for her sister 
And then she cuts her finger on it and immediately, as I said before, looks like a Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage. At one point, she's just holding it under a faucet. What is running water going to do for that? That is a you-need-to-see-a-doctor-looking finger, my friend. Yeah, I mean, you, you, just, you need to at least get that thing cleaned out or something. The one shot I did not get of her is the, is the secondary outfit, which is purple neoprene tracksuit and kitten heels, <laughs> which is just... <laughs> Classic Helen. I mean, did she borrow that from Heavy D? We'll never know. She dresses because she so died. Interesting. She's the most fascinating character in what I think is a rather character-forward Amityville movie. Yeah, because you got she seems she seems kind of fun and cool and interesting. Where where whereas uh, uh, Jane Wyatt, who who plays her sister, the 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 West Coast contingency of this right. family, she very mm. much for 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 roughly about ninety percent of the movie, she very much has a hoomst farted look on her face. <laughs> she insinuates at one point that a young child who's lost her father should essentially walk it off, <laughs> which is stealing. Yeah. When, when things <laughs> initially, when things initially start happening, like you've got this, uh, the bird kind of like decides he's going to like kill itself by like flying into a toaster oven. <laughs> uh, this is a good question. Does that bird commit suicide? By flying into a toaster oven with the belief that someone is bound to turn it on so that people can eat hot rolls in the morning. Who has a hot roll for breakfast, Gina? Things just start going wrong around the house and and she decides it must be the grandchildren. Well, I, I, yes. I've never I've never seen a, a character so openly loathe her own grandchildren since uh, uh, the book version of John Hammond from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Remember the book version of John Hammond in yeah. Jurassic Park where his yeah. dying thoughts are blaming his grandchildren for, for him being gutted by a raptor? Uh, you know, he had a point. And <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't that he undercut his staff and thought, I'm too rich to do this. And I'm not going to pay somebody. You know, you got you got you got John Hammond, the grandmother from Flowers in the Attic, and this lady just well, all just all absolutely despise their young children, grandchildren. Yeah, she see, but she also spreads the wealth. She seems to despise almost everyone: uh, handyman, plumbers, people who fix up broken windows. Uh, she's not too keen on her own daughter. I'll tell you that much. Spoiler alert. At the end of this, at the very end of this movie, Patty Duke turns to her, to Jane Wyatt, and says, Mom, I love you. And you're left there hanging as <laughs> Jane Wyatt's character. She's thinking it over. <laughs> she is really thinking over. And you know what she thinks? Not today, bitch. I'm not saying that here. I'm not saying that now. I don't care if my sister's dead. I don't care if we went through hell. I love you will be reserved for another time. And she gets into a cab and drives the fuck <laughs> on. So if you're looking for an emotional grandmother, this will not be it. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, no, and, and, and it honestly has nothing to do with the haunting or anything. They just decide to well make her a dried up old bitch. And she's just withholding. And as a result, I mean, it is a character choice. To be 
kind of unlikable and like her doubting of absolutely everything that happens within the house isn't like out of the realm of possibility because she just doesn't accept a lot of what she sees. She just thinks the world should run differently on her time clock and stuff that happens. Someone else must've caused this problem. And in a sense, her sister caused this problem by sending her that ugly, fugly lamp. This thing is insane. I don't. It's like Jack Skellington was carved out of brass. And I love the idea. Is, oh, it would be funny to send her this four-pound lamp. <laughs> she will love this monstrosity that this also elderly woman will not be able to hoist into her house. And she has... Not a live-in maid, but basically a housekeeper who's there all the fucking time. And at one point, she tasked that housekeeper and the electrician's kid with taking that up three flights of fucking stairs to the attic, (laughs) Gina. You, who's already cooking and cleaning and taking care of me. Haul that lamp up to the fucking attic, why don't you? Haul that lamp from the murder house upstairs. All right, now, Gina, stand by, because I'm going to send you one more picture. This is great for uh, a a podcast, but I need to give you a bit of a pop quiz. We've seen this house. This is not new to us. Where is this house from? Uh, So this is obviously somewhere in California. You're right. Bum, 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 bum. I I don't know. I'm not as good at this kind of thing as you are. Bum, 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 bum. This is Dirty Peanuts HQ. Bum, bum. What? This is the same house from the fucking unseen, baby. That's right. <laughs> oh, In no. one of those windows, the lady was dragged down into a heating event by a 300-pound man. No wonder the, the, one of the lamp like, like, uh, thrives there, then. The, it does not back up against a coastal cliff. That was a facade built along <laughs> along a parking lot. So that is again like in the in the unseen, you see like there's farmland behind it. That's that's what's actually behind it. So that's the bit of movie magic that they do here. But when I saw this, when I pulled up <laughs> into this parking lot, uh, it, you know, into the little uh, driveway, I, I paused it a bunch of times, I'm like. Where do I know this fucking house from? And I immediately sent the picture to Phil. And I said, guess what? The unseen house is in another movie. (laughs) He's like, how did I never see this? I've seen that movie. How did I not know this? I don't know, man. The bigger question is, why the fuck do I know this, Gina? You're you're really, you're you're, you're quite good with this kind of thing. I'm, I'm impressed. But... Why? And what has it gained to me? Uh, again, as far as a skill goes, I can't market this shit. No one cares but me. Uh, Phil cared a little bit just because he's uh, the world's biggest unseen cheerleader, but <laughs> no one else on earth cares. <laughs> so let's meet Alice. Of course, as we mentioned before, she's played by the screen legend, Jane Wyatt. Taking a paycheck to keep her union health benefits, presumably, I assume. Yeah, she, she tries very hard to not look embarrassed and, and fails much of the time. <laughs> well, 
a lot of what is happening is very embarrassing. So it's, it's, it is very difficult for everyone to keep a straight face. And so uh, then we have her daughter, Nancy, played by Patty Duke, who I personally had hoped that we would see her reach that full Valley of the Dolls mode at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she holds it together too much. It's, it's a little disappointing. And yes, I want her to go bigger. I want her to have a breakdown in an alley. I want her to incomprehensibly say boobies over and over again. None of this happens. As close as it gets, she gets into a slap fight with her youngest daughter. And that's as close to Valley of the Dolls as we're going to get. <laughs> um, but Nancy also has three kids. We have Amanda, the uh, sullen teen. Uh, we have Jessica, the spooky daughter. And then we have Brian, the boy with only one thing on his mind, birds. And not British slang for girls. He just likes birds. He, he likes birds. birds and chainsaws. <laughs> In that order. Uh, those are all his really his only distinguishing characteristics. Um, and, and as soon as they're in the door, Jessica is in full Carol Ann mode, instantly drawn to Lampy. She's like, at one point, my, my, my favorite scene, second to, to the chainsaw scene, mm -hmm. is at one point uh, uh, she points to the lamp and again, like girl playing this this character, she's probably about me nine or ten. Right. But but she is written like as much younger because at one point she points to the lamp and says, Look, it's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how are you supposed to take a word she says seriously after that? Yeah, and it's like, is the lamp like is she literally like hallucinating to the dad or is the lamp talking to her and telling her yes it's me it's dad and we do learn once faces start to appear in it because at one at, early on he looks like um he looks like the wish master <laughs> and then he starts to look like uncle frank from uh hellraiser and then he's kind of fred krueger in new nightmare <laughs> so <laughs> He's got a lot of different looks. They they happen to arrive the same day as the lamp. And yeah. and and shit just starts happening immediately. I for one started having flashbacks to more than just the unseen. Cuz I don't know about you but Jessica was giving me major the visitor vibes. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they they uh, and obviously it was supposed to be evocative of poltergeist because you got this mm -hmm. little girl, she got you know, the long blonde hair. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, she's just kind of skulking around the house, doesn't say much. Very so, spooky. She's yeah. looking at inanimate objects as if they're talking. Right. So it's, it's yeah, yeah. It really didn't help that you got a bird yelling pretty bird for that <laughs> for the first <laughs> ten minutes of there. They've been you know, like having flashbacks of of people getting plaster Paris shoved in their face and bald kids getting lectures and ice skate tripping. And, and, and Lance Henriksen getting switchblade to death by a bird. <laughs> what are we going to do a commentary on that? Listen, we've got a January slot open. I don't see why not. I, I, right? I, I think, I think we need to January movie commentary. Oh no, that's too general. The Visitor. I, I just I just rewatched it uh, a few months ago to write about it for my my newsletter. But you know what? I could watch it over and over again. There's something new every time. Because <laughs> part of your brain refuses to take in the information, 
you just don't believe it's happening. Like it just couldn't possibly be happening. And yet there it is. And I feel like the reaction we got from night train to terror was, Oh my God, thank you for making me watch this. It's one thing to hear about it, but it's another thing to be confronted by it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. The visitor comment. It's scheduled. Nancy is Alice's daughter. And they sit down at a table for what I assume is TV movie mandated backstory. Nancy's husband, Frank, dies suddenly at age 42, leaving her with little money to live on and no skills to exploit in the workforce. And so she has been forced by circumstance back into Alice's home. Also, we learn that Alice hates Brian's haircut, which is dopey, but not a real problem. Um, And then she also just says like Jessica will get past her dead dad, which is a real mm, <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> you get a you get a real uh window into Alice's mind frame of yeah. how she deals with trauma. Yeah, it's sort of like uh you know maybe, maybe you guys would have been better off just you know staying in like a comfort inn or something. <laughs> right. Like I don't know how much money you have, but it'll probably go farther and you'll keep um your sanity longer than being in this house with this woman who's like i don't like your only son's haircut and i'll be honest with you it does look a little too much like wolverine jr for me (laughs) that that actor who plays brian uh ended up uh having a relatively long career he was in a bunch of star trek stuff where he played a ferengi character who kept coming back and back he's a featured ferengi and i it is at this point i really hope that ghost lamp doesn't interrupt this cross-generational insult fight, but it turns out uh, we get a mini Sylvester versus Tweety versus Haunted Lamp, Donovan Amityville going on here, <laughs> where they're each very, very pissed off that they have to share space with this Haunted Lamp, and that Haunted Lamp's like, get the fuck out of here, cat, and bird, I my, I, my light bulbs are on you, baby. <laughs> That bird has been marked for death. And, you know, we kind of get like the demon ghost or whatever the fuck was in Amityville is just using this lamp to get around. It's like a supernatural lift. Yeah. I, I, again, like, like it's, it's not even like, oh, you know, the, the, the lamp brought evil with it. It is the lamp that is doing things yes. like, like at one point, like the, the, the housekeeper, it like strangles the housekeeper yeah. on its cord. Yeah. It, it can whip its cord around like it, it is uh, Indiana Jones. And yeah, it's kind of, well, it's kind of doing both. It, it's sort of making things happen and doing things itself because mm-hmm. it also like shreds someone's arm in a, in a, in a garbage disposal. Right. Well, we'll get to that. We will get to that, Jada, because I have questions. <laughs> in the meantime, you know, while the, the bird and the cat are having this fight with the lamp, Alice, it just, rampaging against Nancy. Like, give your widowed daughter a fucking break. She's like, oh, this song that came on the radio, that was Frank and my song. And she's like, coincidence. Let her have it. Let her have this. She just lost her husband. She had to move across. She had to move from San Francisco to Nowhereville. To, to, to have a roof over her fucking head. Just like, give her the Also, shit. that's not a coincidence. 
Like, yeah. like couples have songs, and 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 the fact that Do like they? Alice thinks not, and the fact that like I mean, well, it's like you know, you you choose your song, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's not like that the song would pop up on the radio would not be a coincidence. It just happens to be played. But she's like, oh, Frank. And she's like, get over it. You don't have a song. Songs don't mean anything. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's time you get a job and get out of my house. I've been here for 10 minutes. Could you calm the fuck down? And so later that night, their first night there, and of course, Jessica's like, I don't want to sleep in this room alone. And Nancy's like, okay, you can sleep here with me. And then cut to several hours later, and her bedroom is lit up like a production of Hamlet is going on there. There's so much light pouring into everything. I think this is the one of the better scares is a man's arm goes over her shoulder. And we, uh, this is the first time I've seen ghost spooning um, <laughs> in a motion picture. But then uh, Jesse's gone, daddy's gone, and he'd be bored to tears about our road trip. So stop, stop talking to this lamp about your fucking road trip. I can't imagine how bored this demonic presence is by having to hear Jessica give a rundown of where they stopped to poop along the way. And, and when they're not like, when, when it's not forced to listen to that, it's probably forced to listen to, uh, to see uh, the mom's name again. Oh, Nancy or Alice? Alice, like, you know, you know complaining that there's you know, spots on her glasses in the dish after the dishwasher. <laughs> like, she's not made of money. She does have a practically living housekeeper, but she's not made of money more. Now, I don't have proof of this, but... Did the producers of this movie shrink Brian Bosworth down to tween size <laughs> for Brian? He seems pre. He, there's something about him that seems like an adult shrunk down to 13 year old size. I don't know if it's about his. He's got a lot of face. He's got his Wolverine hair. Well, he's one it's of those. He odd. was one of those uh, actors who you know, was always playing characters younger, like much younger than he actually was. Like I, I did like a, I did like a quick skim and he was actually like 20 when he did this movie. And I think his character is just to be like 13. And I think that's the dissonance you feel at it. Cause you look at it and go that something about this isn't right. It just doesn't seem, it seems like an adult who's been shrunk down like a shrinky dink to tween size. <laughs> And then when he acts like a 13-year-old, you're like, I don't buy, I don't buy, no. I don't buy what's going on here. It's like, you should know better to pick up that chainsaw, sir. He absolutely should. You are old um, enough to vote. The bird uh, dies in a toaster oven. It's just the bird's just like, I'm fucking out of here. I mean. <laughs> I mean, who's, the, who's among us has it long <laughs> to escape by doing a header into a toaster oven? <laughs> But this is now the second film I can think of in our filmography in which a, a bird dies in a kitchen and a parent immediately blames a child for something they absolutely could not have done. <laughs> yeah, what, what is the more absurd? And it also involves like, you know, the, the bird like burning to death. And, and right, yes. Yeah, it's like, what, what do you think is the more absurd uh, uh, reach this or or uh, Nightmare 2? 
Nightmare 2 is the bigger reach because that bird explodes in a ball of flame in the middle of a kitchen. Right, and it happens right in front of everyone. In front of everyone. It's not like like, uh, uh, Jesse said, oh, hey, the bird blew up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's like a little pile of ashes and feathers. But like, yeah, they're all sitting there watching it happen. Right, it's gone crazy. They're all like, how can we contain this bird? And then it, like a, a, a 1973 Pinto, it just <laughs> explodes. And he's like, how did you do this? Why would you do this? Like, how the f- it's like, what did you think he what fed do you in think the- I do. do. I can make birds explode. Do you think I fed him a firecracker or something? <laughs> it's like, you're on, you, you're on drugs. You gave the bird drugs. What <laughs> drug makes a bird explode? Let me get on the ground floor of that drug. Speaking of, the kids are dropped off at school, at least the two older ones, because uh, Jessica has a fever. So school, in quotes here, is being represented by the exterior of John Marshall High School in Los Angeles. Now, this was seen uh, on on this show uh, from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, but has also been used, you might have seen it in Gross Point Blank or Pretty in Pink or Zapped or Girls Just Want to Have Fun amongst many 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 others it's just a very stately looking school that's very photogenic cut back to long island because priest jr has learned that uh most of the furniture was sold and his first question is where that demon lamp be at because that's that it almost killed me it uh it, it gave me the rock bottom into the floor and I almost died as a result of it. The lamp, the lamp gave me the people's elbow. <laughs> I don't know enough wrestling vernacular to keep going on that run, but you can fill it in everybody. Before we, before we get into this, I just, all the parents who happen to listen to this, or maybe, maybe you, you might have children one day. Here's a good thing to know. Have you talked to your children about the destructive power of basement chainsaws? Oh my god. It, 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 it's 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 so good. It's so good, Patrick. <laughs> he, he mouse and the motorcycles this fucking chainsaw. Which is, which is just let 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 us let us clarify. Yeah. It's just sitting out on mm-hmm. on a on a a workbench in this elderly woman's basement. Yeah, what was she doing? That that is filled with enough potatoes and canned goods to to feed a small Eastern European country. The only weirder basement we've come across was from Psycho Two, where they had potatoes and coal, and you could lose a body inside a pile of coal. Like like he um, like at one point like he runs into this entire. Like shop right size bin of potatoes, <laughs> and up to this point, it was only her living in the house. Right. What What would she ever need that many potatoes and onions for? Like, what is her potato and onion budget? Is she farming them? Is she getting them from local farmers? Why does she have an entire shelf full of unpainted color me mine figurines <laughs> that Brian destroys with that? She has like she has like an entire wall of like canned fruits and vegetables. Alice, are are you are you a prepper? Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why she. Maybe that's why she she re, you know, resented uh, Nancy and the kids moving in because they were cut into going to cut into her doomsday stash. Right. Take him, take him, my sweet sweet potatoes. It's hard to choose your favorite in the chainsaw sequence. Oh my god! It's it, he like he's like on like he's picks up the 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 chainsaw which starts itself up 
yeah. and sort of drags him, like like pulls him around the room. Right. The chainsaw's in charge of what is happening, <laughs> and, not him. And like so uh uh Alice and the um the the housekeeper go downstairs and see what's going on and the and the housekeeper like just picks up a pipe and <laughs> like, like, there's a pipe on chainsaw fight. Between, between, the, between the between thir- two people who do not want to fight. Between this 13-year-old and senior citizen. <laughs> and she wins. <laughs> She wins. Like, I'm sure you can. I am sure you could find just that clip on online somewhere, and yeah. and it's that that basically that on the strength of that alone, this is probably one of the the, the better Amityville movies. I agree. Perhaps my personal favorite of all of this is when they replace the actor Brian with the stunt double Brian, and they look nothing alike. They're wearing the same shirt. But all of a sudden, a taller person is involved, <laughs> and they're really trying to sell it like it's the same person. But there's just no way to cover that. This is a, this is a, a an adult sized person now, throwing this chainsaw around. I, again, I don't need that. Uh, whatever this Brian actor was at the time wielding this chainsaw, uh, safety first. But before he brings the entire house down on top of them. Um, Helen manages to stop him with that crowbar. And then again, Alice is like, the fuck you doing, kid? First you kill my bird. Now you're running around here with a chainsaw in my basement. And he's like, I didn't even turn it on. And she's like, well, it didn't turn itself on. And then everyone's in like a shouting match of like, we believe Brian. And like what Brian is saying is insane. And they all go off to their separate corners, um, and another day dawns. And, and and nobody nobody asks uh, nobody asks Sal's like, so why did we have a chainsaw just sitting out? No, well, you need them. Otherwise, how are you going to be able to get through all those onions and potatoes? <laughs> the next day, they've called an electrician in, and the electrician uh, cannot be bothered. He's got too many other calls. It's so he sends his son, and so the, his son. Is is brought in, and the housekeeper Helen uh, asks the older daughter, "Would you show this horny teen boy to the basement, please?" <laughs> Which, so he goes down there, he's fiddling with shit, um, and then comes back up like, "I don't think it's a fuse." And then Alice orders Danny, this boy, and Helen to move that fucking lamp up to the to the attic. The older daughter, Amanda is cleaning up after this apple pie thing that Alice has done. Cause she can't say I love you, but she can bake pies, I guess. And so she's like, can you clean this up for me? It's, you know, it's been a day. And she's like, yeah, 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 fine. And so she's like feeding the, the peels of the apple into the, the garbage disposal. And then it just stops. And Dan's like, let me fix that. But before I do, let me put this piece of tape over this thing. So the, the, the garbage disposal does not get turned on. You can guess it. It's an Amityville film. You're going to have some hand trauma. So just as they're talking about the only cool thing to do in town is bowling, we learn Danny ain't ever going to bowl again. Nope. Because that garbage disposal decimates his fucking hand. And he is showered in blood from this. Yeah, I did not know that uh, there was like a... a 
the version for this video that they they, they punched up a bit with more gore. I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't know that. The director here was actually the screenwriter of the 1979 version of Amityville, and he has stated, "I didn't film anything." with that much blood because I knew it would be on television. There's no way they would ever allow that. So why would I do that? And apparently they brought these people back at some point and said, we're going to do an R rated version and release this on home video. (laughs) And so, yeah, he didn't direct that. That's added after the fact. Uh, But Amityville hand damage strikes again. Now keep in mind a garbage disposal, Hence, tiny, you know, you don't want to put your hand in there, everybody. It's it's not going to end well, but it won't cut off your hand. Keep that in mind <laughs> because later it's going to be proposed that it did cut off his entire hand. Back to Long Island, Priest Jr., we learn is his name is Kibler. Kibler, which, Father Kibler. Listen, once I learned that, I'm like, good to know. I'm not changing my notes now. <laughs> <laughs> and, priest jr in my mind and of every act and of every actor in in this movie to take what's happening seriously mm-hmm. i think god bless i think he takes it the most seriously he really does he is trying to make this come alive but he's being confronted with the goofiest fucking aspects of the movie it's hard it's hard to take it seriously when he makes a phone call to what is now his dead contact's sister, Alice, but the phone melts in his hand. <laughs> phone. Yeah, this is the point where where they've kind of given up on the idea of uh of, of like how a haunted house works, because you know right. now it could just it, it could just happen anywhere. You know, where yeah. whereas like a you know. You know, poltergeists can follow you where wherever you wherever you are, but like you know, a haunting is is place based. Uh, you know, at this at this point, you know, it's now it's like well, it just it goes where it needs to go. Yeah, Priest Junior says I need to hit the coast, and <laughs> we leave it at that. Which is which is you know, on the other hand, is certainly better than the priest you know, of the first Amityville Horror, particularly the book, who's just like, hey, good luck with all that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, my stomach gets irpy when like, I'm near the house. I have you know? a rash. I'm gonna go to Florida. I gotta sit and look at a lake for a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> I saw flies. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a real come down from the fucking exorcist. Where I was gonna say, you, it's not exactly you know throwing yourself down a flight of eighteen hard ass stairs. I tried to drive to the house, but then I felt like I didn't want to. And here, like it does happen to Priest Junior. He does approach the house. And he's like, "No, I'm Irpy. Come and meet me at my motel, and we'll we'll talk at the Regal Beagle that's attached to it." And they do do that, but he does show up in the end. He does, he does legitimately try. So you got to give him that. Jessica, the youngest daughter, continues to talk. Talks to, to, talks to daddy in the, in the lamp. Yeah, it's daddy. And uh, Nancy drags her away, and you kind of, and they get into a fight just outside the attic door, and you're kind of like, oh. How does it feel to have a child hysterically slap you, Patty? Do do you like that? <laughs> hmm? How do you, how do you like them apples? How do you like your chickens coming? Hey, you're doors? you're not even trying to teach her anything. She can see. She can hear. Now the young old 
priest here. We, the young one we've talked about, the older priest we haven't as much. It's Norman Lloyd, who was in St. Elsewhere and a whole bunch. Of uh, is he the one that lived to be like 112 or something? I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I, I have I have the page of the movie here. Uh, let, okay, let me see. Please do. But when they finally gain uh, permission from the Monsignor to send Priest Junior to California, and they come down the stairs together, it's a little too tight because Norman Lloyd hits a picture on the wall and it just swings for the remainder of the scene, and they're like. You know, you want to take two on that or no, we don't have time. Okay. Let's <laughs> stay in the picture, everybody. So, so to, to, to clarify, Norman Lloyd died in 2021. He was a hundred and six. Wow. Good for you, Norman Lloyd. I, I, you know, I, was, I find it, it's not good, but I find it charming. When you're coming away from the roadiness of the 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 second one and the incompetence of the third one, you've got here they're they are trying. They they yeah. they are trying on a made-for-TV budget. You know, they actually have, you know, real actors. You know, you and Patty Duke is more restrained than, than yeah. she <laughs> tends to be in, in a lot of her movies, as you already pointed out. But, you know, they, they are trying to make a real movie. And and I, as, you know, the problem with a lot of uh, uh, 70s and 80s horror movies is they were, you know, with a few exceptions, they were very limited in, in how scary they could get. So, right. you know, oh, my God, a, a chainsaw that comes to life by itself, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, knocks over some potatoes. That's the, you know, that's, that's, you know, as far as TV movies go, that's fucking terrifying. Which makes it so jarring when it does start to get gory with, with all the blood from the, from the. Yeah. I mean, you don't expect, you really don't expect it to have a genuine body count. Right. In advance of Priest Jr. arriving, he has sent a telegram, which uh, the house blows away like that feather <laughs> in Forrest Gump. It just <laughs> magically. Yeah. I, it sort of feels like that the house is sort of in cahoots with the lamp. Well, the, the lamp is, was plugged into the house. And so it, so it I, I guess the, the mojo. Yeah. I guess the idea is that the evil is, is sort of moving like you through the, through the cord. The yes. Lamp. It, it bulges like a fucking cartoon. It's bizarre. And possessing other items in the house. Yeah. It's plugged in. And so all of a sudden that this house it slowly but surely becomes more and more haunted as the movie goes on. Um, Jessica, now uh, after this evening, which Jessica freaked out, uh, Alice says, we got to get a doctor in here. And Nancy's like, I like her to be seen like by a psychologist and she's like i'm sure our local doctor mortician will be able to handle this and doc what what this doctor says is um try not to have emotions around jessica <laughs> that that will make this work try not to have don't, emotions don't have emotions doctor's orders <laughs> like okay i don't I don't think that's really going to change anything here, but thank you very much, guy with a medical degree. Um, I'll be doing my own research on that one. Uh, and it is a little hard to keep your emotions in check when you end up brushing your teeth with sewage water. <laughs> I uh, don't like that. I don't like it at all. No. 
Um, and uh, she's not the only, the oldest daughter is the one who is brushing her teeth, but she's not the only one who notices it. Helen does too. Uh, the electrician, the elder electrician is there during this. And he's like, this is a major problem. You need to have checked out. And that's when Alice goes, I don't have like plumber money. It's like, look at your, you have some money. You have some money. I think you can get a plumber to make sure you're not brushing your teeth with sewer water. That's, I would say, time to bring him in. I, I'm just looking at the the plot description on uh, on Wikipedia. I think my favorite line here is, meanwhile, Father Kibler, while staying at Father Manfred's place, gets a call from the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The lamp makes a call warning him not to travel across the country. Oh, you think you're your big stuff, huh? The last time I I met you, I put you on the floor. This time I'm gonna put you in the ground. You got Prince. Don't come to California. You got Prince Albert a can. <laughs> Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> it's it's diabolical. What are you wearing? <laughs> a priest collar. Oh, sounds sexy. <laughs> Is the other guy there also a priest? All right, this is beginning to th- seem like something I saw on the internet. <laughs> you don't know what the internet is? Just wait a couple of years. You're going to love it. <laughs> um, I totally believe the internet is from the devil. Yeah. Um, I'm no Mr. Fix-It, Gina. I'm limited when it comes to, you know, things I can do. I changed the, uh, uh, you know, the thermostat in the house a couple of weeks ago. I was very proud of that. Uh, but I think like the first rule of like plumbers in your house is don't start any water-based activity or though generally like I believe the first step in any even minor plumbing repair is turn off the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. They need Helen to be distracted by something. So she throws a bunch of laundry into a very noisy washing machine. Meanwhile, underneath the house, this plumber has discovered a bulging uh, pipe that is trying to it's open. It's filled with hand. evil, liquid evil. Liquid evil and a full ass hand <laughs> with school ring on it. <laughs> now... Again. Yeah, I, I I guess this uh he he had his hand in the um in, in the disposal uh, so just you know, placed just so that when the the disposal kicked on it just neatly sliced his hand off at the wrist. Right, but that's not how garbage disposal. No, the whole works. point it of a, it, it kind of mulches your garbage like right. Like, it just it's like little, your hand should tiny be spinning blades. Yeah, your hand should be like a little chewed up, not not yeah, like he, not like listen. sliced off. His fingies are not in great shape, considering how much blood sprayed back. But when we see that hand, it is beautiful. <laughs> it is pale, is beautiful amongst that that goo. And then for Gina, this it is weird how things double back on this show. This is the second movie this year where someone has been waterboarded with something other than water yes yeah he, he just he 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 just gets you know you know bukkakied with with liquid evil <laughs> he gets he gets gooped uh to the point of death 
And that the toughest thing to do is play dead. And then let's add covered in goo. And unfortunately for this gentleman, <laughs> they do not have a take two here. Because he gets covered in goo and he's supposed to be dead. And he's and his eyes are like, oh, there's goo in my eye. Oh, there's goo in my yeah, eye. He's definitely, he's definitely like like wincing and like, yeah, yeah and like scrunching up his face. And again, I can't blame him. No, who wants goo all over their face? But again, he took the job. All I'm saying is part of the job is to look like a dead person. You're, gonna, you're, you're, gonna, you're going to have a lot of goop poured onto your body. Yeah, I can handle it. Yeah. What is that? And what is this it? Tuesday? <laughs> now everyone's saying now if the if the lamp house kills this plumber right underneath the house, how are they going to make it seem like he's not dead? Uh, the ghost drives a fucking van. <laughs> the ghost, the ghost, the the, the ghost it, like telepathically drives the van away. We we are we are absolutely not kidding. I mean. You. You can gripe all you want about Michael Myers driving a car or Jason Voorhees piloting a boat. But I never really thought we would reach the point where a ghost drove a fucking van. Uh, I, I've never seen I've never seen either Michael Myers or or Jason make a phone call. I mean, I, Michael Myers, he <laughs> he, he, he picks up the phone at one point. Yeah, but he did not dial right. that phone. No, he did not dial that phone. He's not having a conversation. He's just breathing into it. But a but this but but this ghost manages to yeah. dial a phone. He manages <laughs> to know the phone number of the, of the priest. Um, manages to get a message across and and melt that phone from from two thousand miles away. In Amityville, he does, and and some of the sequels, like he, he the ghost does interfere with phone calls. Right, but, but it's more just like a crackling, you know, on the yes. on the line. And usually, the the, the it's, it happens when one of the people on the phone is in the house. But right, but apparently, right. the the evil has gotten so powerful that it, it can now do things <laughs> from two thousand miles away. Yeah, come on, you you you, you got to be with me here. Like so, this movie is so wacky. That like yes. you 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 have to you you have to enjoy it. I do feel it is enjoyable, and um, the I think the toughest part of it was because it is on all these free sites. It's on your Tubi, it's on your Free V, and whatnot. But the problem is the commercial interruptions of delivering the exact same six commercials over and over and over again is what get would drag down the experience. I'm pretty sure it's on um, YouTube, but not I know. Again, I know that 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 chainsaw scene is on there. <laughs> Cue up those top gun chimes, bong, because a real priest is here. Priest Junior, and uh he gets out of a taxi cab, he walks right up to the house. Uh Jessica answers and she's like, "Come on in. We killed one person today. We can make it do." And He's like, ouchie, my tummy is oopsie doodle. And he chickens out and he runs away. <laughs> and then you you flash up to the lamp in the attic. And they're trying to do the fly thing again. But they just can't seem to work it out. Like, you know, the director's like, I want the lamp to be surrounded by flies. And then the fly guy's like, yeah, I could dump a bunch of dead ones on top. Does that work? <laughs> it's like, I guess. And that's what they do. It's a lamp 
with a bunch of dead flies on top of it. It's not exactly the creepiest thing you've ever seen in your life. Jessica claims that Peggy went home when she's asked by Nancy later on, but Nancy discovers she's left her coat there. So that doesn't really jibe. Um, Brian, the kid, the kid just constantly looks like he's just exited a wind tunnel because his entire haircut is just pushed back off of his skull, making him look like he's always surprised. Um, but he does find a surprise, and that is Peggy's dead corpse because Peggy went up to the attic and uh, that lamp indiana jones her with uh it's just, it's, like, it's, it's just like garroted her like a bond henchman yes and, <laughs> and the fucking doctor shows up later he's like that was definitely a horror attack i mean i'm gonna do an <laughs> autopsy and everything what a, she's obviously struggling to the point where she scraped her knuckles on the door trying to get out and he's like probably heart attack i mean most heart attacks have a, a garroted mark on your neck. Like, come on. It's and then Jessica's destroyed her room. Yeah, at that, at that after that point, it just kind of turns into like like with the uh, Amityville two, you, you kind of get more more exorcism shit. Right. You kind of get the feeling at a certain point. I did here before the end of the movie where it's confirmed, but Pepper the cat. And Lampy are now working together as a team because uh, Pepper lures uh, Amanda to look outside the window of her room. And then in Amityville style, that that windowsill slams down on her head and she's knocked out, which allows Jessica to reconnoiter with Lampy. The good news is Priest Jr. is back on the case after having drinks with Nancy at the local legal eagle beagle um they race back to the house and uh they get upstairs and jessica is now a free-floating vapor of a tween she's just free-floating i i do i do love that uh you folks you you probably won't believe how they uh how they how they they defeat evil they how they defeat the evil lamp <laughs> do you do you, do you want to should we tell them or, or should we insist that they watch it for themselves? This is a spoiler alert. You can you can pause here, watch it, and come back because we have to talk about they, it. They, I have to get this off. Yeah, just chest. all right. Put it to go. Just pause it now. Come back in about mm, five minutes. They throw the fucking thing out the window. <laughs> Not only that, Alice, this elderly woman, picks up what has been established. Two people have to carry. And she just, just holds. She, she's had enough of this lamp bullshit. Lamp. <laughs> I don't have have time for this. You caused so much damage. We had you, we have broken windows. You, you, we have you, fucked you, up you, plumbing. You caused me to lose my pant, my potato stash. <laughs> my beautiful bird. I have had enough of your shit. Fuck you. And she she mom strengths this <laughs> like the Hulk mom who, who pulls a. A car off there. I was going to say, she's like the scene in Superman where like little baby Clark Kent, like, like lifts the truck <laughs> off his dad. <laughs> but everyone like Jessica's stabbing priest junior and Nancy's like, no, <laughs> you're not Frank. And then Frank's face changes a whole bunch of times. And then Alice is like, would you fuck this? And she walks <laughs> over and she picks up that fucking lamp and th- over her head. <laughs> 
and throws it out a window. That's it. That is all it takes. That's all it takes to defeat a ghost demon lamp. That can make that let let me let me remind you can make phone calls and knows how to drive. (laughs) Knows how to drive. But listen, nothing survives that that drop off that cliff. And so I was like, oh, that's why they put it on the side of the cliff. I, I just never would have imagined that was this is the end of the movie. And and but the lamp does lasso the priest junior's arm. And so uh Patty Duke has to with an axe chop off the cord before uh it pulls Priest Jr. off into the brine below. They don't even they don't even fucking clean up that lamp. No. They're like, fuck it. <laughs> That lives down there now. That's somebody else's problem. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Patty Duke's like, Mom, I love you. Silence. <laughs> Just, you see a million things flash across Alice's face, but none of them are, I love you too. <laughs> that doesn't happen. She doesn't say it to her daughter. She doesn't say it to her grandkids. Not even a near-death experience and the sudden onset of Hulk strength with a haunted lamp will make this woman have an emotion. Yeah, there's not even a, a you know, I am mildly fond of yeah. you. <laughs> no ditto or right back at you, kid. Any of these things would have sufficed. But no, she's just like, uh-uh. You're, I, you won't get the satisfaction of emotion from me. Thank you very much. Uh, how about a cold smile? And she's off to her sister's funeral. And then we go to the cliffs below and the cat's eyes turn red. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. It's fucking great. <laughs> I, I mean, again, you know, the the, the first one. Eh, it's fine. The, the first one's boring. The, as hell. the, the, the second, the, the second one makes you want to take a shower afterwards. It's sleazy and full of sweaty bladder work, it, and is so fucking gonzo that it gets a high recommend from me. But you have to be prepared. Yeah, for it's like like this is the, the, like that's like this, this is like horror one hundred one. That that's horror two hundred two because you've yeah. got like you know, incest and you've got dead children and you've just got you know a lot of you know you know this I I don't want to see any of this. Whereas, like, like in in, in in this one, you know, yeah, there's some gore, but it's it's just so charmingly silly that yes. that I just you know I I can't help but like it. And there's not a single wink. Oh no! Again, like I said, they there. they you know I I, I swear to God, I initially thought that the whole you know we did an old priest and a young priest thing like that was supposed to be a joke. But no, I, I think that this was done in you know, with absolute sincerity. So let us choose our own death venture, which is a rarity for a ghost movie that we cover on here. Um, but we have it now uh, where we decide of the deaths portrayed in this motion picture. If you were to die in one of those ways, which one would you choose and why? Up for bid, number one with a bullet, baby, tetanus. Just tetanus. Just letting yourself die of an infected finger, and with Just that, and with run and, it and, under some water. And with that, with that, you know, wardrobe and that jewelry, she she had some decent insurance. She had no excuse to not go to a doctor. She was fine, maybe not initially, but when that when 
that finger looks like an inside out monkey from the fly. <laughs> it's time to go <laughs> to the doctor. Or you can get waterboarded by evil goo, or you can get throttled by an electrical cord. Do we? Gina, do we? Uh, are it. we? Do we know that the the the, the teenage plumber he survived? Yes, specifically. Oh, okay. Um, the the housekeeper says he will live. Okay. Uh, and 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 the dad is like showing up to work the next day. I just don't think you would. Do I was that. gonna say yeah. I'm pretty sure that if Ollie lost a hand, you'd be like I'm gonna take a couple days off. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I think I'm gonna take some time off. My apologies, this doesn't happen every day. My child loses an entire fucking hand to a garbage disposal, and it comes out clean. Okay, it's, it's great. You can just sew it back on. Um, <laughs> really good. All right, you know what? Honestly, I I make fun for her her. Uh, uh, failing to go to the doctor but you know what like dying of tetanus after cutting my finger on ugly lamp is so on brand for me that that i i think that i i that is what i'm going to choose i mean none of these deaths are fun because tetanus is a long drawn out affair but at least in the hospital they're putting you under you're getting the good good drugs at a certain point she's getting tented She's getting oxygen. She's high as a kite. She doesn't know where she is. Yes, I'm going tetanus. I'm certainly not going to get waterboarded by evil goo in the basement of my house. And, and, and no, getting and getting odd jobbed by a lamp. Right. No, fuck that. Odd <laughs> job by a lamp. The lamp transforms into the master of the flying guillotine. <laughs> Why not? It can drive and make telephone calls. It can drive a fucking van. Uh, it's making phony phone calls. It's calling Moe's Bar for crazy. Please, I, I I implore you, watch this movie. It, it's it, it's very silly, and it, it is it's fun, silly. Not like oh god, this is an hour and a half of my life. I'm never getting back, silly. Yeah. Like, like like pretty much weird. like pretty much every other Amityville movie going on from this point, like right. it's not. They're only going to get weird. the entertainment value for these movies stops here, like like <laughs> it is it is ever diminishing returns after that. And so Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. Uh, go to Revenge Body Memphis at revengebody.com to get this uh, theme and all of the remixes. Uh, Gina, where can people find you on these here internet? I write about television and movies at the spool.net. I have a substack, Gina watches things.substack.com. Uh, I am on uh, Instagram and blue sky and TikTok under Gina does things. Do it today. People check it out. You can find us on most of your socials with the exception of Twitter at uh, kill by kill pod rate review us on iTunes or your podcaster catcher of choice. If they uh, provide you the avenue to do so, it helps us be seen and heard by more people. Go to our tea public store, buy a t-shirt for crying out loud. Uh, they're fun stuff. And when you wear them out, uh, people want to know uh, where, where, what is that t-shirt? I, I want to know what that is. It's, it's really good, especially our, our uh, choose your own death venture t-shirt, but all of them are pretty damn good. And that just about does it. Here's a uh, producer note for y'all. We're going to be taking a couple weeks off. Uh, I'm going to be traveling. Gina is rather busy. Um, we got, she has a lot of end of year stuff. And um, we need to build up our episodes because I'm going to be 
gone for several weeks in the spring. So my apologies in advance. We generally only take one week off, but we're going to be taking two. Um, but the good news is if you go to patreon.com, there's over a hundred episodes that you have not listened to. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, uh, that you can hear us yak about all sorts of things, um, including our commentary episodes, which are very, very funny. Uh, but that just about does it for us. Um, happy holidays, everyone. And the body count will continue. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.